learned something really interesting about you that you told me when we were in Central America together. Really? That you are an accomplished ballerina. (laughs) (laughs) So before I let you go, you have to tell us all about that. Wow. So I danced for the Israel Ballet uh, for since, actually, I started dancing when I was, I think, three years old or four years old. And I joined the Israeli Ballet when I was at eighth grade, which is around 13, 14 years old. And I got injured when I was around 16 years old. And then I quit it. And yeah, it was a big part of my life. Uh, it was, I think, really hard. As I'm thinking about it today, I wouldn't say it on the last, on the first one or two years when I've been there. It took me some years to realize it, but it was really hard emotionally. And we should have been reconciling with sports psychologists, I think it's uh-huh. called. And yeah, I love this part of my life. Really liked it, but it was super hard at the same time. Was yeah. it something that your parents put you in? Is it common for Israeli girls to all take ballet? Or was it something that you wanted to do at three years old? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I think it's really common to do some kind of a thing, some kind of, um, um, how do you call it, an afternoon activity. Activity, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really common to just put, like most of the girls, maybe some other, like their boys, of course, also to put the girls in a, in dancing class and I just loved it so I stayed no one was ever pushing me it was all because everything was because because I I wanted it and so I went there and and throughout the years I got like I moved from one studio to another studio to like to a better one until I reached the Israel Ballet I was training for 19 hours a week and yeah, on my two last years there. So it was super hard. Like I was also dancing at schools because we can we could choose like majors dancing. And uh, so I majored dance. And uh, so I danced also at school and in the Israel Valley. So I had so many hours in the studio per week. Uh, even though that I know that like the best teachers that they have are in the Israel Valley, which actually were not Israelis. Like I have one ballet master which graduated the ABT, the American Ballet Theater at New York, and another ballet master, which was from uh, South America, uh, South Africa, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And we were talking English at the classes and a bit of French and Italian, of course, because of the terms in the ballet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was really hard. So as I, the story of the injury actually was that I just wanted to stay in the classes of my high school, even though that they were not as good as Israel Valley, just because I wanted more hours in the studio to practice on the things that I knew that I'm supposed to be working on, on my weak points. And then there was one day when the ma- the ballet master in my in my high school, in my high school, she had to get her child really early from the kindergarten. So she wanted us to go there, to go and do the class, the ballet class really fast, and we had no time to warm up, which is not good, absolutely not good. Like for just a comparison, when I've been to the Israel Ballet, we were, I was coming 40 minutes before the class to start to warm up. Just oh, before the class. A 40, 40 minute warm up session. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it was tough. It was something that you should 
be focusing on and super important to heal your body and to prepare it to the class. And we didn't do that in the same day, you know, on the same day. We were just going straight to the class and we had to stand in first position, which is, you know, you have to put your legs in that way. And I wasn't warm, so I wasn't warm enough, like my body was not prepared. So my legs were not exactly in 180 degrees. It was just a bit, a bit tighter. And I said to myself, as long as the class goes on, I'll opening my legs a bit more and get to the right position. But then as we were doing like a deep plie, one plie, she just wanted me to open my knees more. And then she just pushed my knees <gasps> to the sides. So, it was so strong. And I was like in shock. And she almost, there is part of the knee. I don't know the name of it in English, but it's the little circle. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like then in the knee, the structure of the knee. Yeah, anatomy so, of the knee. Yeah. So there are like different kinds of muscles that are uh, tied into this circle, but nothing actually holds it. So what happened is my this circle of my knee got out of the place and it was really bad. It was, yeah, it was super, <laughs> it really hurt and hurt in that time. And I had a physiotherapist that I worked with on a weekly basis and because of all of the long hours of training and things like that. So I was so afraid that because of this injury, I had to stop um, practicing or training for a week or two that I just didn't tell them, which was my biggest mistake. And, oh, so and you kept dancing. Time, yep. And the time just went, just go and go and go. And in the beginning, I couldn't do big jumps because of the knee. And then <laughs> it started from big jumps. And later, as time went, I couldn't. After two and a half months, I just couldn't walk because everything was hurting. So I just had to tell them. Then it was a really important lesson not to keep everything for myself again, ever again, just to share, not be afraid. And then in the, when I told them that, they were like, you know that you have to stop training for like at least three months to get back to the point that you were before the injury. And it was breaking news for me because in this, I was 16 back then. And that's the season and the age when you have so many different kinds of auditions for scholarships and different schools abroad in summer. And it was not only that I'm leaving, I'm basically leaving myself behind everyone and not practicing for this long, which is so much in ballet, it's really long because at the first place I was really terrified to not to not practice for like one or two weeks. So three months is actually living, <laughs> dropping the career side. And I'm not be progressing and everyone else will. So the gap is even bigger. So I just realized that I need to stop, that I cannot go any longer. And I just quit it. And actually, as I'm looking right back, as I'm looking back now, uh, it was the right decision for me, I think. Because you have to you have to be so strong mentally to to survive there. And, and you have like this kind of ego that if everyone does it, I can do it too. So you cannot, you don't really have, at least I didn't have the courage to say that I need to stop dancing because 
mentally I was not in a good shape as I'm thinking about it today. And so it's good that someone had to stop me. <laughs> Something had stopped me. So that was the good, right decision at the time. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. So yeah. that sounds like a lot of peer pressure. I mean, I only did ballet for like a year or something like that, but I was already in high school. I was 15 or 16 when I started just because it was something I wanted to try. So I only did like a year of it. I was not like a ballerina prodigy like you that started at three years old, <laughs> but <laughs> I felt some of that pressure and I had a Russian ballet teacher. So oh. <laughs> if that tells you anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah I didn't start very young and ballet is one of those things that you really do have to start when you're super young so I kind of did it more like for fun and I'm glad I did it improved my posture a lot and even like a few years after I stopped going people still compliment me on my posture the way I sit <laughs> so it was very good because I would be reminded of when my teacher would go and squeeze your back <laughs> together <laughs> I feel you <laughs> you know what I mean and you dealt yeah. with it a lot longer than I did <laughs> I think the biggest thing that it taught me was control of yourself and oh disciplined yeah that's the biggest Hopefully. thing I learned from my ballet teacher is discipline and you have to be very quick-witted to be in ballet I'm sorry, it's not for dummies, <laughs> but you really have to be sharp. You can't just be a good dancer. You have to be smart because there's so many things to think about with the following the music and so many things you have to remind yourself of your body, the way you're, you're placing your, your head. You can't tilt too high. You can't tilt too low on your chin, right. the way you hold your fingers the way your back is, the way your shoulders are, your <laughs> hips, everything. So you have to be such a quick-witted and clever person to just keep up with an exercise, a simple bar exercise. There's yeah, so many things that you. your teacher will not be afraid to point out that you're absent-minded on. <laughs> yeah, it just reminded me of that. My body master that was from the ABT, there was one day when he held my fingers like that and he just... He just looked at me and said, you are, and he was like thinking, you have cactus hands, cactus <laughs> fingers. And I was like, what? And he said, when you did that, you have cactus fingers. Stop with that. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I will. Yeah, it was super, it was funny and sad at the same time. I think the way that sometimes the people were treated, but the... It's all for good, I think. As you said, the discipline is is incredible. And also the way that you have to, that you embrace the fact that you just never give up. You have to keep going, keep working, and you'll get your goals in the end of the way. It could take a week, it could take two months, but eventually if you work hard, you get what you want. And super important lesson, I think. Yes. 
tell you about Packlacious, who specialize in dog collars, harnesses, and toys that are durable yet fashionable. My favorite thing about them is that each purchase provides two meals of food for animals at the Humane Society. Over 230,000 meals have been donated so far. Their website was super easy to use when I was shopping for my own pups, Tiki and Rue. Head over to packlacious.com and use the code TikiRue, which is spelled T-I-K-I-R-U-E, at checkout to get 20% off new gear for your pup or a gift card for another dog lover. Going forward, do you, do you feel like ballet is something that needs change, like the whole culture and the way it's taught? Or do you feel like it's they're right for wanting to keep the traditional way it is? And would you ever put your future kids in ballet? Wow. That's a good question. <laughs> That's another episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I think I'll start with the easy one. I would go and put my kids to ballet class. I think that if they go professional, so I definitely um, would try to make them go to a psychologist at the same time. So that's that. And if I think about it, culture needs to change. I think I, I thought about it a lot and I don't think of any other way that could make ballet as perfect as it is unless this discipline. So I think it should remain this way. But there's a movement in the world I think to especially during the COVID to talk about mental issues and that's okay to not being okay and to talk about it and to share I think there were so many other dancers that were in the same position and felt the same feelings that I felt but it was not common to talk about it and to say that something wrong and to say that your expectations for yourself are too high and you're being judgmental about everything and you're letting yourself down it's not supposed to be that way and if we were to share more and that's maybe the change that has to be done in our culture so it would be way more easier to continue that way and also everyone will be way more healthy mentally and happy yeah, yeah. and maybe be able to dance longer and not have to face these injuries that were avoidable to begin with or at least right. like in your case get treated for it early on and not feel like oh I can't tell anyone that this happened to me and I have to just keep just suck it up and just keep going to practice and keep dancing did you have to perform yeah. on your injured knee ever no thank you thankfully oh, no. good. <laughs> yeah it was not in the fear of the performances <laughs> okay good did you have to get surgery in the end or it kind of healed on its own it's healed on its own with a lot of um physical therapy the therapy yeah Mm -hmm. Now I'm curious, what were some performances you did? Were you ever like Carmen or any of the characters or leads? I don't remember anything special. Actually, yeah, there was some performances when we were part of the company itself because we were in the Israel Valley School. So in the school, you're just playing like a background kind of characters and not anything like not the main character. So we were most of the times in the background unless we had our own performances, but mm -hmm. it was still super fun. It is like the top of the nation's company that you were in, right? Like the Israel Ballet, like that's like the top of the top. Yeah, in Israel, yeah. That's pretty amazing. I think you Thank should be you. proud of yourself. That's quite <laughs> an accomplishment. We have a Thank famous you. ballerina here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
but yeah, I, I do appreciate you for bringing that up. And I hope anyone, maybe young girls that are taking ballet now that can relate to this and just really promote that openness and honesty and safe space to talk about things like this that everyone struggles with and not have to act like you're indestructible and you're always happy and you're always healthy and always up for practice and always ready to go. So it's good to really address any health issues that needed to be addressed. And even emotional level, I love that you brought up that you would definitely put your kids in ballet in the future, but just also make sure that they're seeing a sports psychiatrist or a therapist at the same time, just because we all know that there could be body image issues associated with this sport and absolutely all kinds of peer pressures that normal kids wouldn't be exposed to. And these super, super high expectations that are almost all unrealistic. <laughs> You're right. You're absolutely right. Actually, when he said <laughs> any problems with food and stuff like that, I've never had these, like most of my friends did, but I somehow never gave up on my on this piece of cake in the end of a meal. Never. It was you never went strange. into dieting or like, oh, I need to lose weight because my instructor tells me I'm too fat. <laughs> Absolutely. Never, never, ever gave up on my piece of cake. <laughs> oh, well, then you're one of the lucky girls that that didn't affect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in that way, yeah. But I just love food so much since I remember myself. You probably saw that around you and the other girls that were maybe having body image or eating disorders. Yeah. Yeah. Super sad. And those kind of stuff, things that it just, it's really hard to let go from those kind of feelings. Like I have friends who are still dancing, even though friends were quitted and they still cannot get rid of this attitude, mm. which is super sad in my opinion. And they don't really know how to talk, how how to deal with it. And part of the attitude of like, I think maybe it's only my friends, the things that I've seen, but I've seen a lot of people that saying that it's not it's not common to ask for help and to be to discuss about your problems with others in this field. And these people are really afraid of getting help, most of them. And because I think as you go to the therapist, you actually face that you have to face with the deal that you have a problem that you have to solve. And many people are afraid of, of just, you know, saying, I know that they have a problem that has to be fixed. I don't know how to, how to start with it, but it's really hard to face it. Yeah, I guess that's like you said, yeah, you're right. It's the first step is just to acknowledge that you need help and it's okay not to be okay. I love that you said that. And that's very powerful, just a few simple words, but I think it can be very powerful for someone that's dealing with this, especially being someone who is trying to be a dancer or an athlete or a perfectionist about themselves. They feel like, no, I'm healthy. I'm supposed to stay strong emotionally, physically, everything, but that's not the case. And when you're barely a teenager and expected to have these super high expectations and to be perfect all the time, it's just really not realistic and it's not healthy. So I think if you still have those friends that are dealing with this, even now that they're out of the ballet academy, then they really should speak to someone, even if it's a caring friend or family member, if it's not a licensed psychologist or counselor. But it's important to 
just bring awareness and openly talk about it and not feel judged. You're right. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. What a powerful, intense and special experience in your life. Not a lot of people can say that, that I've danced for my country's premier (laughs) ballet company. (laughs) But thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm glad that you're okay now and you're healed with a lot of physical therapy and you're hopefully being an inspiration to other young girls that may be having this experience going forward and they can look up to you for wisdom and what to do. But to close out the show, I just wanted to ask you to think about something that you'd like to share with our guests as part of the hook you up segment. You've given us so many nuggets of wisdom already as it is, but what's one last thing you'd like to impart on everyone? Wow, I think that's I think that's the reason why I came here in the first place. Like I'm really I don't know how it came out, but I'm a really shy person and I'm having a really hard time to talk about myself, to share my experiences. So I think the only thing that I want the listeners to to get with them is that just people, I think people should follow the dreams and trying to do the impossible, even when they have a hobby and they get forward from one studio to another studio if the hobby is dancing, just not afraid and push yourself to the limits. And you can apply it to everything. You can apply it to your hobby. You can apply it to your lifestyle. You can decide that you just want to go and travel and see the world and to meet new people and just just do it. <laughs> As Nike said, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not being afraid and to know that even though if you have, even when you have fears, like my fear of people, let's say, you can deal with it and you can do something to to heal yourself and just and it heals only if you put yourself in those kind of situations that you don't know how you're going to react and then you find out and then you work on yourself and yeah I think I think this is it just just do it <laughs> just do it Nike add in paid partnership <laughs> I like it So just going out there, having dreams, like you said, it's still important to have dreams, following up on your dreams, buy that ticket of wherever you want to go and just doing it and being open-minded when it comes to listening to others and gaining experiences and going through challenges and seeing how you react to those things and then learning about about yourself along the way. Very wise words indeed. So as a reminder to everyone, this whole video will be on YouTube at my channel and Eden shared with me some of her travel videos as well that I'll be posting on my Instagram page. So that's at MFMPpod if you're already following me. So I would love to share the adventures that Eden talked about earlier with you guys on there. So look out for that. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much. Wow. Yeah, I'm so overwhelmed by everything. <laughs> Thank you for giving me the stage. Yeah, and people do not stop being afraid of things. Just just do it. Yeah. For <laughs> 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 feeling it so, so much, but I think it's super important to give people the courage to just do whatever they want. Quit the job if they need. 
do whatever you need to do to make yourself feel comfortable and to live yes. your life as you want as, as you want it to be perfect yes so even if you're scared because we all get scared sometimes but just yeah. do it <laughs> yeah well, it was so nice catching up with you, Eden. We'll definitely talk more with you if anyone wants to hear more from Eden or wants her to divulge further into any of the topics on a future episode. Let me know on social media and we can definitely make that happen. Bye, yes. Eden. Bye. Thank you so much. See you soon. Thanks for listening. You can now drop me a voicemail that might be aired in a future episode. You'll find the link in my Twitter and Instagram bios at mfmppod. Subscribe to my YouTube channel by searching many faces, many places, all in one word. Lastly, make sure to tap the follow button on your favorite podcasting app to stay tuned for new episodes.